Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things SR Podcast. And how are you this morning, Leslie? I'm well, Pam. Good morning. I'm so excited to be celebrating the baptism. I know. Betty just asked if we're having mimosas this morning. Of course, Betty. I'm pouring the glasses right now. I'm actually yes. having a Caesar this morning. Mimosas <laughs> are nice, but I'm having a Caesar. As you the, know where I learned about the Caesar? I learned you? about the Caesar from a Canadian at the hotel that I used to work at. I, I, I had never been asked for a Caesar. I had been serving um, and working in restaurants for years. I had never been asked for a Caesar until we had a, a guest who was visiting from um, Quebec City. And they mm-hmm. asked if if I could pr- get them a Caesar. And I was, looked at them and they told me. It was like the Bloody Mary, but with clam juice. And That's I said, right. I have never heard of such a thing. I'm fascinated. Um, so yeah. I always have fun. Whenever I think of Caesars, I think of Canada. Of and of course. course, when I think of Canada, I think of SR. Absolutely. So there you have it. Well, we did. Um, we my, my, Don't ask why. My grandparents never went to Canada. My mother's parents. Um, I don't think they went any further than the Jersey Shore and possibly Florida in their <laughs> lifetime. But um, they always had clamato juice in the house. And I, my grandmother was not a drinker, but my grandfather, you know, he enjoyed his cocktails every now and then. Nothing crazy. And uh, so one of the things he used to drink was a Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, as Betty said, the only Caesar I know is the one from Rome. <laughs> All hail. That's right. We're right near the Ides of March, friends. Absolutely That'll be happening this week. Absolutely. The Ides of, of March. Beware. That's true. Beware. Steph, would, Steph from Twitter would be very happy that the Ides of March were be- mentioned as, as Julia Caesar, since she is <laughs> a huge Shakespeare. She's, well, she teaches English and loves Shakespeare. And yes. uh, so that's always fun. Always fun. <laughs> Lori says she is impressed, um, Betty, uh, for having her bejeweled uh, headpiece for Clara's baptism, not the fascinator. Mm-hmm. She opted for another fa- fashion choice. Um, so, uh, and Lori is um, wearing a cup of coffee. Well, and, you know, and coffee always looks good on you, Lori. That always looks good on you. I, uh, coffee and I, and uh, as an outfit, have gone together for years. So something <laughs> and it, and it, it is it something <laughs> that I do have to change, though I will say. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Ashley says she needs to be sober for taxes and a drive by for a birthday for her cousins, but she's hoping to have some wine later. Well, that'll be good. That'll be. Good. I think. I think that would be lovely, a, a lovely way to commemorate this uh, blessed occasion. And anybody who um, does their taxes today should definitely have a glass of wine or two or three or 20. Or, or maybe a <laughs> shot of tequila. But uh-huh. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> anyway, it's so good. Um, I'm hoping everyone's having a good a good week, a good march um, in the northeast of the United States. The weather has been sublime very unseasonable warm sunny beautiful all the good things actually i shouldn't say the whole northeast i should say our corner of the world in Mm -hmm. pennsylvania 
and um, it actually has brought me back. Um, it has really rejuvenated me and given me a little boost, even though I know it's going to get colder again. It's kind of was the, the taste of spring and hope and renewal, yep. all the goodness. Yep. So, True. yeah. And, and there's been so much goodness coming out um, from SR's world there as well. There has been. There has been. And, I, and before uh, we go there, I know that uh, Leslie or uh, Betty was uh, going to put flowers in her hair, but it would make her look like a hippie. Hey, nothing wrong with flowers in your hair. I wore daisies at my wedding. I was going to say, I think I think it would be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And especially in your hair, Betty. You have such gorgeous hair absolutely flowers and it would be fantastic absolutely and betty noted that they had nice warm weather as well um in new york which is great mm-hmm. and happy to see yvonne and jean ann on as well as Lori and ashley this morning um just so many exciting things um filming has started yes. although i know yes. we have a little bit of a question mark what's going to happen um now that italy is going to uh, start to have some shutdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I so hear, we'll wait though, to hear on that. We'll I, wait did, to hear I, on saw, that. I think it was on the BBC World News. I saw mm-hmm. something to the extent where that a, a lot of the businesses and I think definitely the schools will be closing down. Um, mm-hmm. You'll still be able to do, if you have work, you'll still be able to do have work permits, I think. So I don't Great. know. Um, hopefully, keeping keeping uh, keeping them in my thoughts so that things can yes. be healthy for everybody. Keeping them in our thoughts and our prayers, and yeah. I I actually feel like you know they're prepared for all eventualities. They're used to being flexible and turning on a dime. So mm-hmm. I can envision even if there are some days that um, they can't do anything on set. I think that will be time that Tasca's busy editing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an incredibly nimble company, well, and I, I'm, I'm just well, very hopeful yeah. that I'm, that I'm, they can it's continue. Lo- it's basically things are locked down until April 5th, but um, hopefully that uh, everything will go well with them. I understand that they may be calling dentists in for, as vaccinators, so our leading man may be called into service. Which, Which I sure would not be surprised do. about. I'm sure you yes. do. Yes. And I think getting the vaccination from Julio would probably make make it a little bit better, don't you think? Having those blue eyes staring at you as, as, as he you pinches your arm and the puts vaccine. a needle in it? Sure, why not? <laughs> Morning. Hey, okay, whatever it takes, right? Great to um, great to see you, Monica. So. Good afternoon. So So in the Pam, crazy- tell us a little bit. The crazy yes. world of SR reminds me a little bit of the uh, crazy world of Arthur Brown. It's a song <laughs> from a long time ago. Um, he's been consulting on casting and costumes and, and PowerPoint presentations. And I was wondering. I was wondering if they would have him get feedback on you know the the presentations that are happening in the film. I'm I sure think that's he great. I'm sure he will. Um, he says there's just so much in good, goodness in store for us, all of us. Uh, he also hopes that everybody's had a chance to catch Nina's short film on Passion Flicks. If you haven't, it's very funny. I was I watched it the other night, and he thought it was very funny. And on Friday and Saturday, uh, yesterday and today, there is a auction in Argyle Empire of 
on Facebook for Diana. Uh, she's one of the admins for SR Fans Venezuela. And as you may have read, she's a single mother expecting her first child in Venezuela. And obstetric care can be very expensive. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, James has uh, donated stuff. Effie has donated. SR has donated quite a few things. Um, there yes. are bookmarks with all the actors' signatures from the movie. Julie, you know, Julio and 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 Melanie and all. And uh, SR and Tosca, um, it's all kinds of great stuff. So, if you uh, get a chance, go check it out. And uh, there's also a GoFundMe page. I know that sometimes auctions can get crazy as far as money goes. Oh yes, SR SR's. Uh, we have to say SR's. Uh, all of SR's donated goods always bring the big bucks here. So. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. And, and having that GoFundMe page is you can give what you are able. And mm -hmm. um, it's just a great opportunity to help someone out. And, you know, it's, uh, so that's I've been trying to post re retweet stuff for uh, for them all yesterday and today. So it's I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it works out. Um mm -hmm. He, SR said he meant he thinks um, he mentioned online that Tosca intends to wrap filming up on location in Belize in May, which so, is so exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, they'll be able to keep their plans. Um, I, yeah, and you know that the fun part of it is is that um, in, I didn't think Belize was going to be put into to the script for you know mm -hmm. just whatever reason and it is so that would that'll be absolutely awesome i wish i was yeah uh, in in that scene <laughs> in that little hut that's because uh, i've always wanted to do that uh, they have those little cabanas that sit out in the water and stuff right on the water uh, yes i would love that hey if i was tosca and i owned the company and i was making the film and there was a reference in the book to Belize. You better believe I'd be like, I think we need to include that in the script. I think that's important. <laughs> Belize, <laughs> and I think we need, I'll, I'll we need the authenticity. We Belize, need to have that Belize authentic is, experience. <laughs> Belize is beautiful. My, I had a, I have a niece um, who lives out in Minnesota now who uh, was in the Peace Corps for a, oh, wow. a number of years when she got out of college. And she spent her time in Honduras. So when they got would get mm, breaks, another beautiful country. Well, where she was wasn't all that beautiful, but yes. right. But there um, are some. But on their, their breaks, they would go to Belize because it was so much so close. Mm. And that's what else. Um, he thinks that there are going to be more uh, announcements forthcoming, including casting. And he he knows of some things, but he's just waiting to get the okay from Allie since. We don't want to take Spoiler Man's reputation away from him <laughs> and have Spoiler Man, too. Although that would be nice as well. Or um, Spoiler Woman, right? Exactly. <laughs> because sometimes... Spoiler person. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's uh, interesting. The Spoiler Men Alert or People Alert. Um, yes. But I do well, and know, I know I, I, that oh, they yes, have yes. the... Uh, Professor Pacciani's been cast. Yes. By a, uh, by, he is Christian Vitt. Look him up. Look Actually, him up I will. IMDb, and uh, he is. 
and he has his own. Actually, I'll put I'll put the link in the okay. website for his, his own. He has his own page, his personal page, and you can see his film um, reel. Um, he is uh, very uh, very um, good looking. <laughs> yeah, he, I have to say he's a little hotter than I in, envisioned Pacciani mm -hmm. when I read the character, but boy. I think this guy is going to be a great Pacciani. Oh, I mean, I he can. Oh, uh, I, I, I envisioned. I when I read it, I envisioned him to be a little older, a little frailer, not quite as virile. <laughs> I guess is the word. But oh, man, this guy—he has this kind of darkness and this dangerousness to him mm -hmm. um, that I, I could see him bringing out. Um, he also, you know, he can flip the switch and be this very charming. If you watch the reel, you'll see he has he does have some great range. But man, I think the scenes with uh, Gabriel and Pacciani are going to be really, really uh, great tour de force. Mm -hmm. Like and I, I, can, I can feel the testosterone jumping off the screen. And I, can't oh, yeah. I can't wait to see him with Margo as well. Oh That'll yeah. So Absolutely. and as far as and as far as Nina's little ditty on Passion Flicks. Hooked. Yes, I, 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 there's a lot of great comments. Um, I have not watched it yet. Oh, yeah. I was to. going to watch it last night. Oh, definitely, most definitely. Um, but I was looking in the chat room, and Betty had said that she loved the film. It was mm -hmm. so sweet. She loved the Superman references. Monica's going to watch it tonight. Good. Well, and it's funny. Because... Lori said she loved it too. There was a couple years ago. I don't. I don't know why, whether it was Mother's Day or I. So I was. I don't. It, it was before quarantine and pandemics. Let me put it that way. And um, Nina and Jack had gone to a sushi restaurant for dinner together. And Nina was on Twitter posting there was this young couple sitting next to them and somebody had gone on to tinder or whatever you swipe left right whatever mm -hmm. and it's it is her twitter feed from that day it is hysterical <laughs> i remember that i it, remember i remember that discussion i remember hearing about that mm -hmm. that's awesome oh it's great so i you know i'm very very happy for the, Nina. the irony is i was going to watch it last night and i did have sushi for dinner um, so that's, what's so funny when I, when I was like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, the sushi restaurant. I just, I should have had it. I should have held off having sushi. So I might have to get more. Um, but people are, you know, it's getting a lot of good reviews. Um, I know there's a lot of good chatter, Nina and how exciting for Nina to have her words brought mm -hmm. to film. You know, I just yeah. think that's really awesome. And of course I'm putting in the plug that I'm hoping this is the gateway to having um, Nina and Alice Clayton's book, Roman Crazy, crazy. Mm -hmm. optioned by Passion Flicks because we need to see that story on the screen. And that is and there, of course, there are a lot of comments on that too and, and uh, about the movie. So we're, I'm ha very happy for Nina. So congratulations. I am too. And I'm looking in the chat room. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of chatter here about Pacciani and the mm -hmm. casting. So let me share a couple comments uh, how people feel uh, Betty Pacciani looks hot that's exactly honestly that is I, I saw the picture come up I was like oh my gosh wow mm -hmm. this guy yeah he definitely has a presence he definitely yeah Monica says cool guy 
and Lori said, I never pictured Patiani as that good looking. Betty says, I can't wait to see the lecture scene in Uffizi. Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And Lori pictured him being a little more sleepy. I, I like I said, I didn't. I, I envisioned him being a little, uh, not quite as striking. Um, a little more ragged, I guess. A little older. A little more, um, not as physically uh, strong as uh, Christian. That physicality wise is. Mm -hmm. um, Anna says he has a nice sinister esque, yes, yes vibe, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Um, Betty says I always picture Pacquiani as a hot guy. So yeah, Betty, and... Betty, Betty envisioned him as being really hot and striking. Mm -hmm. Krista Peterson would not have an affair with him if he wasn't <coughs> handsome. Yeah, and Lori um, said not sleepy, sleazy. Oh, sleazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone online said they, th they thought he'd be more smarmy. And I thought smarmy was the word that I was looking for. I was like, yeah, but you can act smarmy. And they can also, with the makeup and the hair and that, um, <laughs> ha have him come across that way. But he does, he, he can't be an, an attractive man because he has to have some of that swagger to be able to pull off, um, you know, that, that character. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I think it's interesting, Betty, thinking he was... I, it's interesting how everybody kind of brings their own opinion to it. Um, obviously, he was uh, the, more of the hot hot guy because SR approved the casting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Betty he noted he's, he he's not it. someone to... Yeah. Pacciani's not someone to mess around with. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's, I'm excited, I think. And like I said, um, I... I Gave, I put the link in there to his page. Um, I can totally see him, and he's a he's an Italian Brit, um, so he's uh, he was born in Venice, and um, or mm -hmm. maybe he was born in London and they moved to Venice. I forget, but he's been back and forth, and um, he does speak Italian. And he speaks and four Spanish. he four speaks languages. four languages. Mm. Yeah, um, fluent in two, I, I'm but only French and Spanish are the bonus. And uh, pig Latin. So other than that, <laughs> well, he speaks Spanish in one of the clips and is real, and it's it's lovely. Sure. I just ah uh, yeah, a little crushing, a little crushing, uh, crushing on the Christian. Yeah. Christians so. can be can be crushed on. Um. So yeah, so that looks really good. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, Betty said, I picture John Stamos as my Pacciani. Mm, but I'm not complaining with Passion Flicks' choice. John may have been a little out of their budget range. A little. But, yeah, I can. Oh, that's interesting. But he has that, I, yeah, he has I totally. Mediterranean I, look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Okay. And those chiseled features and that smoldering stare. Yeah. He's I, I used to be connected to him on, on Twitter. Really? Yeah. I don't know what happened. I guess he got married or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I always joke that he's my cousin because that's my mother's maiden name is Stamos. So, ah. you know, all the Greeks are connected somehow. And the Italians are our cousin. It's like one big happy family. Yes. I'm, so. And I'll be um, uh, As Betty says, the men in the Gabriel films are smart and talented. Great cast. Again, yes. And kudos to the casting team. And the fans, because I know a lot of fans' suggestions. I'm, I'm curious if the, a fan recommendation is what led them to him. Um, 
hopefully on the next Passion Pod, we'll have an opportunity to ask that question. Yes. Um, so very exciting, mm-hmm. exciting news in the world of SR for this week. Yes. Um, and all those and stills and photos coming out. And he is writing. I know. I know. I can't. I, I keep. I'm eagerly waiting to hear what SR, SR's project is. It's going to be so much fun to find out. It will. And Betty says, you mean to tell me you didn't marry John Stamos, Pam? No. <laughs> no, not me. Sorry. Not, not that girl. Not that girl. That's no. all right. I'm, I, I'm a little out of his age or age range. <laughs> Love knows no boundaries, Pam. You know that. Um, <laughs> except with some men. Anyway. <laughs> And women, let's be fair. That's true. That's true. See, but so let's turn. My husband is ten years older than me, so I I fell into that rage range for a while. (laughs) Hey, it's all good. It's all good. And and speaking of good, we're Mm -hmm. now in chapter eighteen of Gabriel's Promise, and I hope you all have been enjoying your mimosas, your coffee, your Caesars, and whatever else you're drinking. First, the celebration of little Claire's baptism today. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my fascinator on. My my, uh, I've decided to go with uh, light blue today uh, to celebrate the occasion. Um, so we're entering the scene. After a few days, the family gathered in the driveway. They're getting ready as 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 we start reading chapter eighteen. They're all assembling to go to church. Aaron and Rachel were listening to Gabriel as to where to go once they got there. And of course, you know, what pops up again is the discussion of the flamingos and Rachel glances (laughs) to the front yard and she says, she notices all the flamingos are gone except one. And she's like, what's that? Because, you know, Rachel loves to poke her brother like nobody's Mm -hmm. business. She loves to get him, um, get him going. So she's like, what's that? And Gabriel's looking at the garden, and next to a large hydrangea bush is a pink plastic flamingo wearing dark sunglasses, which I laughed when I read that out loud because I just thought it was such a funny image. And uh, <laughs> then looking at Rachel, asking if she had done that, um, he he was like, uh, is this your uh, doing, and is it going to be there when we get back? <laughs> and Rachel pushed Pasha Aaron to the open the car door and said to Gabriel that she denies absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And as Rachel was laughing her way into the car, <laughs> she made this snarky comment. Of course, if it finds a girlfriend, there may be little ones all over the lawn <laughs> because she loves to taunt and tease her brother, which is mm-hmm. so funny. Betty said, I'm surprised Julia didn't give Gabriel a bow tie with flamingos. <laughs> she still might. That's so funny. She might. You never um, know. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I've got the material. Well, I don't have the material, but I have a face mask with flamingos on it. I know they, that they, I, got from I have seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty says I think someone should pay the neighbors to install flamingos every single day when Gabriel's not around. That would drive him nuts. Yeah, I, think I know. Maybe, like he leaves the house, they're gone. I think Leslie, their neighbor, might might be up for that, that game. She'd definitely be up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> In between baking pies. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he's cursing when she says 
that because he's looking at his beautifully pristine, well manicured lawn. And the thought of having flamingos over it just grinds at him because it really, it just offends his sensibilities, right? So I just think it's so funny. And if this does get to film, I just, I just can see this back and forth with them because uh, their energy playing off of each other is so, so much fun when, when they're uh, brother, they're in the full brother and sister mode. Mm -hmm. So as he's, uh, reviewing and checking out the lawn and making sure there aren't any other um, stray flamingos wandering around. He noticed a black Nissan with tinted windows at the intersection. And it seemed like it was paused and stare there kind of staring at them. Um, you know, so he starts to jog towards the intersection and the car took off and it, it, he wasn't able to get a license plate number. But, you know, his sensors were parked, right? The, that was something that was unusual. They live in a very quiet end of the street. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting juxtaposition. They're, they're getting ready for this beautiful ceremony. They're outside. Rachel's joking with them. And then all of a sudden, he's kind of like, something's not quite right. And he looks up and he sees his car. So SR is kind of planting the seeds of what's happening next. As Betty says, ooh, mm -hmm. mysterious car. Um, and she loves R Rachel's wicked sense of humor. Uh, Anna also says, I love Rachel Gabriel banter and flamingos. <laughs> yes. Or Anna said, perhaps a hand-blown glass flamingo would appeal to the professor. Right. Maybe something a little more uh, <laughs> refined. Or, or maybe something <laughs> from Waterford. Uh, or, or... <laughs> yeah. A Waterford. Flamingo. What is the other one? There's another one that's a uh, big in crystal. Um, uh, Rate it if you know it, friends. I'm trying to think. Really I'm, I'm, I'm anyway. thinking of Swavorsky Crystal, but they're, they're that's too. different. Although I do, and I do um, think they have them. I do think they do too. Um, so, as Betty says, Gabriel's spidey senses are tingling with that. Um, Nissan. So he couldn't get the license plate, but he refocused his attention um, on. And the next scene is Gabriel, Julie, and Catherine entering St. Francis's Chapel. And Father Fortin addresses them and greets them. St. Francis is their parish. They were churches closer together, uh, there were churches closer to them, um, but there was something about the church that really um, captivated them. And I'm going to put the link uh, for you guys so you can actually see. This is actually a real church in Boston. Yeah, in the Back Bay area. In Back Bay. And um, there was just something special about the chapel and the oblets of the Virgin Mary that made them feel quite at home. So we actually have asked SR if he visited St. Francis's chapel, because we were kind of curious how he came up with this particular church. And he said, yes, I've visited St. Francis's chapel, and it's a unique and wonderful place to worship in Back Bay. I actually stayed there. Um, this is not SR talking. This is me talking. I did stay in the Back Bay area a couple times. I had to travel to Boston, and I think I, I, I'm not certain, but I think I walked by this church. Um, so it's, it's a really neat um, area of Boston. If you ever get to city to that city, um, make sure you check out that part. That's a, kind of a different part of the city. Um, he says, 
it, that St. Francis is one of his favorite parishes. The, this particular parish is like an oasis in a sea of steel and glass and thousands of people. It's quite small and very personable and welcoming. There are other parishes in Cambridge and the Back Bay area, but there's something special about this one. And also you'll note they have first class relics of St. Maximilian Kolb, or Kolbe, I think it's Kolb, who is one of my most admired saints. His story is very powerful. And now, I'm I, going to I read put this, story. this in as well. Uh, yeah, I have too. And I actually, um, he was a. Uh, if you want to, yeah, if you yeah, want to talk was, about that, um, he was a priest during World War or in Germany uh, at the time of the Holocaust, and he was in Auschwitz. And there were uh, ten people that uh, the Germans had collected that one this one day, and. Um, this one man was a family man, so uh, this Father Colby um, gave himself up, said let this man live, and he gave himself up because they were all going to be uh, killed. And so it just... Um, well, sacrifice. It's, sacrifice. It's, it's amazing sacrifice, sacrifice and love for your, you know, he, he gave his life for others. I, I mean, it's, it's really compelling, and, and this is one of those... This isn't happened centuries ago. This happened. 1940s. This happened in people's life. You know, there are people on this earth who have memories of that period of time still. Mm -hmm. So it's not far removed. Um, it's a very real thing. And, yeah. and Betty said, when I first read Maximilian, my first thought was of the vampire in the Florentine series. Yes. Well, there are very many Maximilians, right? And and, um, if, and if you look at his website, it, there there were actually three saints relics, first class relics, and I don't know whether you remember talking about them with the Florentine series at all, but there are different levels of, of relics, and and first class relics are usually like hair or bone, something mm -hmm. physically connected to the person, uh, part of their body, and this church has uh, his, um, as well as two other saints in there, and. The, the the I forget what it's, the reliquary I think it's called that mm -hmm. holds the that holds his uh, relic was fashioned um, a little bit like the sign that went over Auschwitz uh, mm. and the, the it, it's really a compelling story so if you go to the link you can read it I know he's had uh, two miracles. Uh, attached to him, one with lady who had uh, some, I think, a liver tuberculosis, or, and another gentleman who had hardening of the arteries that were uh. all connected to him. And it, it's really a, a, a great story. So if you wanted to check it out. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm definitely going to stop and go in next time I'm in Boston. I definitely want to check it out. Um, it's 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 just so compelling and you know one of sr's favorite parishes it has to be a wonderful place um and and it makes sense that uh julia and gabriel would would find uh solace in that space um so mm -hmm. they so, have their I, I they have father fortin there and they had asked them what name they had given to claire for the baptism 
um, Claire, Grace, Hope, Rachel. And there was a murmur through the pews. Richard could barely contain his emotions. And Rachel's solemn expression um, also then morphed into a grin. I mean, how beautiful to, to honor Grace and Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and our halftime show. Which, by the way, next weekend we'll have a different tune because we go to spring forward next week. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, you're right. You're right. And we'll, there will be a time zone change for our international friends. Um, so if you're going to join us, it's going to be an hour different. Um, spring forward. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. going to be an hour It'll be later. Good. Yes. Yeah. We'll tell you. Uh, Lori asked if it has a different tune every hour, and she said yes. Yes, it does. Or yes, Absolutely it does. Absolutely, it does. Trust me. Um, and uh, yes, and and so they had this announcement about the name, and Claire was dressed in Rachel's christening dress, embroidered with flowers, and wearing a lace-edged bonnet. She looked like a princess. Gabriel had apparently gone nuts with the camera taking her picture alone with the family. And Father Fortin proceeded to the baptismal rite, asking what they wanted from the church. And if Gabriel and Julie understood their duty as parents, and then turned to Catherine, who pledged her support as a godmother. And Pam, you asked SR about Yeah, the I did. I, when I was going dress. through the notes and everything, um, the, the christening dress uh, caught my attention. I didn't know whether Rachel had bought her a dress to wear, or if it was a dress, the christening dress that Rachel had worn. One of the reasons why I asked about it was because in my family, um, everybody, all my 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 parents, my or my mom, her brother and sister, all their kids, all their kids' kids, and their kids' kids' kids, I, and including myself, my mm-hmm. son, and, and my granddaughter, were all baptized in my grandfather's christening dress from 1899. And mm-hmm. so I, I just wondered if it was a, a family thing for them or whether it was brand new. So he, he mentioned that it was the dress that Rachel was actually christened in. So, yeah, he says uh, it's a part of a tradition and used for both boys and girls, which is true. I mean, I know that some boys have gotten baptized in, in like girl suits and stuff, but in my family, mm-hmm. it was always in my grandfather's christening dress from 1899. Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, it's incredible, really. And Betty noted that, or Lori noted that would make it so special. Yeah, it's, in fact, it's sitting um, upstairs in my bedroom closet right now, waiting for the next <laughs> one to be born. I guess. Well, so. Isabel um, has quite a long way to go, but well, that's some of the cousins, true, right? But you know, I mean, <laughs> um, like you know, I've got. Ollie, who's now three, and then who knows what happens if I don't. I don't think they're going to have any more children. But I know that a, one, a couple of one of the girls, the oldest, my cousin Helen's oldest daughter, is married. She is three, and one's getting close mm-hmm. to that age. And you never know. Yeah, we'll go back another, go to another yes. generation. And and Betty said, "Say what? That's very cool. I didn't think it was Rachel's baptism dress. Nice tradition. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a brand new dress." So, yes, SR reveals that this is a, um, a very special tradition that's being started um, by having baby Claire baptized in Rachel's baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, very so cool. It is cool. So, 
Gabriel, you know, he takes his role as a father very seriously, and as as he as the ceremony is going on and and all the rites are being done, Gabriel's kind of thinking about meditating about uh, what he promises, all the promises he was obliged to keep. You know, he uh, he went on, uh, he found his mind wandering to Richard and his brothers and sisters, and how they've all affected his life and and. He thought of his struggles of addiction and loss of the first child, and he wanted to touch the name that was inked on his skin, you know, the tattoo for Maya. Um, but he thought of Grace and her love for him, and uh, a lover that gave thought that that gave thought to the to the adoption of bringing him into the family, and a love that was reciprocated over and over again by her, and. He thought of Rachel and Aaron's struggles to start a family, and he thought of the family that surrounded him, Scott and Tammy and Quinn and Richard and Rachel and Aaron, Tom, Diane, and their son Tommy. And also Gabriel's biological sister Kelly was there with her husband, and, and they were sitting across from Scott, and Rebecca was sitting with them. And, and again, family choice, she's been included into it. So that's, that's very nice. I think... I, I think it's beautiful. Like I, the whole, I, I loved this chapter because it was so reflective and it really, they both, Julia and Gabriel had their own moments of reflection and looking back at their journey. Um, and how remarkable that they both came up from really such traumatic childhoods and have now this beautiful, beautiful family. Um, Absolutely. It, you know, and Betty's saying that it still upsets her that Gabriel doesn't call Richard dad. Yes. And that we are and she's... Fall <laughs> Yes. And Lori said she I love this chapter because Gabriel is so introspective, all of his thoughts. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, they and are. and isn't that what isn't that what we love about SR's writing and mm -hmm. especially um, in the earlier books as well. I mean all of that introspection, all of that all of that internal struggle that he shares on the pages. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And Lori says, you are right. Paul should have been there. Um, Paul, I believe probably chose not to be there um, at this point. Poss good possibility. Right? Very good possibility. Um, yeah. But you know, even, yeah. even um, uh, Julia was going through all this uh, with her, uh, with her thoughts too. So, yeah, you know, but he and Gabriel's, you know, he never, he'd never thought he'd ever be able to have another child, you know, because he had, he had the vasectomy and uh, wasn't right. sure whether he'd do it. And then he looked down at a, a, a squiggly Claire in his arms, and you know, Julie gives her the Passover, and she goes, she calms down. And uh, but he, he also recognized that everything had changed. When a brown-eyed angel in, a, in blue jeans and sneakers came and sat beside him on a back porch one day when he was at his lowest point, and he he thought of his time in Assisi and praying that Julianne would forgive him with with the separation that they had and how he had encountered grace and, and forgiveness uh, at Saint Francis's crypt and he prayed that Julie would marry him and and they would be blessed with a child and. Yet here, there he is with this miracle child in his arms, and uh, I, you know, just the way SR writes this interest is incredible. 
It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, he, he recognized mercy and forgiveness would elude him until he accepted and acknowledged his shortcomings. And very similar to uh, an alcoholic or, or drug addict and they're going through the 12-step programs, there's always, you have to recognize your shortcomings and, and bear witness to them. So that's Yes. Yes. And I'm looking in the chat room. Um, there were some questions from Paul, uh, Paul fans, um, Anna and, and Betty actually wrote, was like, was, was, was Paul invited? Um, I know Julia announced she had a baby, but I wonder if she invited him to the ceremony. Um, Anna thinks Paul doesn't belong here. Um, Julia, uh, you know, I actually, I'm going to ask, ask SR that because that's kind of an obvious one that I should have asked him. I, yeah. I just, it yeah. slipped. There were, there were a couple questions that after I sent his, my questions to him, I thought, oh, I should have asked him. Yeah. That is one. I do not know if we will get a response on that point, but we will ask. We'll ask. And, you know, and to be honest, I'm not sure whether Paul was her good friend, but there was also that, you know, good old separation, separation that they had, especially when. He was in Oxford. They were in Oxford at uh, that lecture, and after uh, they got married, and there was a little conflict there with uh, mm -hmm. with you know Paul and and uh, let's see Julia Gabriel. So there was you know there was that. Although I think you know, and Betty said, "What about Uncle Jack? Did he get invited? Or did he pass on baptism?" I also am thinking they're keeping this really small, mm -hmm. like very very small. Yeah. Yeah. So immediate family and Catherine really actually, as we look at it. Right. So right. that might be, that may have been the parameter. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, at, I never saw extended unless there was a big party afterwards that somebody had and then extended family would be there. Right. Right. So. Um, Cause even though uncle Jack is family, he's not the immediate. Right. So we'll have to ask him. I think it's a good question. Jean Ann noted that normally baptisms are small, intimate family affairs. I'm not sure Gabriel would have extended an invite that far. So we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. And Betty said, I wasn't back to redemption. And at the end of that novel, Paul and Julia were speaking again. So, yeah, I mean, they definitely were. Mm -hmm. He might be busy having coffee with uh, Betty, though. Yeah, yeah never that's know. true. That's true. Or tea. <laughs> or tea. So, yeah, and so, you know, and he was, you know, just the fact that he, he's contemplating how uh, mercy and forgiveness would elude him. And he recognized it and challenged him to treat others, needy souls with compassion, with Julianne being the focus of that example. Absolutely. She was his example mm -hmm. and, you know, she was an inspiration to him and she was really the genesis for his transformation. Right. Her love, mm -hmm. their love healed each other. It did. And I say, I see, I saw Shell joined as well Annette. as our dear friend Annette from, from the Big Walmart. Easy, <laughs> New Orleans, live from Walmart probably. Um, so good morning. Um, Betty's noting that Paul is still struggling with his feelings for Julia. So perhaps he's still avoiding spending too much time with Julia. Um, she hopes Paul is keeping busy with Elizabeth and not Allison. <laughs> Absolutely, Betty. I'm right there with you. 
<laughs> so yeah, we'll have to see. We'll see what SR says. Mm-hmm. And so as the Father Fortin continues with the homily, Gabriel glances over at the relics to the right of the altar. And this is um, as, as we noted, um, and in fact, I'm going to post the link again, just so you have it. One of the relics began, belonged to St. Maximilian Kolbe, a friend and Franciscan priest who was executed in Auschwitz. He volunteered to die in place of another man, a man who had a family. In the face of such bravery and sacrifice, Gabriel felt very small. And he resolved to do better. Gabriel resolved to love his wife and love his daughter, to become a man of character that his daughter can look up to and admire. As Claire dozed in his arms, the priest ended his homily and led the congregation in a series of prayers. So again, he had been really deep in thought. And I think, I think seeing that relic and having that realization about that ultimate sacrifice that uh, St. Maximilian uh, made, it just, you know, it made him feel as, as pretentious as the professor can be. It really made him feel um, humble. very humbled. Yeah. So Julia, as, as Gabriel was having his internal reflection, Julia was having her own thoughts, and she put her hand in the crook of Gabriel's arm and leaned against him as he instinctively kissed her temple. She was keeping her leg a secret, hoping that the numbness would go away, and uh, she felt a little bit of, uh, I think, regret about keeping it a secret, but she didn't want to worry anybody, I think, personally. Um, that's not SR's words. Those were my thoughts Mm -hmm. there. Um, her heart was full at these moments and she would ponder what was happening around her. Um, you know, in her assessment, you know, she's thinking I'm a wife, a mother, a student, a prospective professor. She was also a daughter and a sister. And like Gabriel, her early life was plagued with loneliness and alienation, but she was now surrounded by a large, wonderful family. And she felt a large responsibility um, of her many blessings keenly. So Julia, right, always being um, the one to rise to the occasion and really to be a caregiver and caretaker, um, she felt responsible for all these blessings. um, And she resolved to love and protect her daughter to the best of her ability. She squeezed Gabriel's bicep in affection and smiled at him. And I love Anna's comment. I wish a photographer captured that temple kiss. Mm. I, I was thinking how beautiful that would be again if it's if it's optioned and on screen. I just think that would be such a tender, tender scene and tender image. Uh, Lori said, "Yes, Anna, so sweet." And Annette said, "Fingers crossed, it will." Mm-hmm. Uh, we agree with you. Fingers crossed. We can't get enough of these uh, characters. <laughs> I know. I know. And as I saw, I saw something he responded to on Goodreads the other day about uh, the characters continuously talk to him. And, you know, he, Great. Will, he will have <laughs> another book at some point in time, but he's writing something else about it right now. <laughs> That's so exciting. But you almost knew he would, he, he has a mind because the way, you know, as the story goes, there's, there's so many more things to discuss and explore after, and, and the after promise. Just, and the characters still, are still talking to him. So, I mean, and, you know, I, I, as I've learned with some authors that I've gotten to know, 
it's almost like a running commentary in some some of their heads with these yes so we shall see anyway well and and when the professor talks people listen yeah absolutely they better (laughs) (laughs) or you'll you'll hear better (laughs) so well you know Gabriel always thought Julianne was was you know such a beautiful woman, but now that she's she's standing there, you know she's she's even more beautiful. Her cheeks are slightly flushed. Her hair is probably luxurious from all the hormones from being pregnant, uh, <laughs> and it's falling in waves around her face. And what, and her curves are more pronounced. Breastfeeding will do that to you. Um, <laughs> and as as much as he tried, he could not avert his eyes from her cleavage. And he hungered for. And at at one point, he kind of feels ashamed that he you know he's he's here's a church. He's going through this religious ceremony of baptism for his daughter, and he's he's having these thoughts of of his wife. And then he came back down to it and he says, you know what? He shouldn't feel ashamed. He couldn't feel ashamed. He said God made her beautiful. He had joined them together, and there was an entire book of sacred scripture written about physical love. So, you know, a line is, Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. And uh, he said he, he would never see anything on this side of heaven more beautiful than she. So, And as, as Betty noted, Twitchy is back. <laughs> well, you know, the Twitchinator's got to be involved. I mean, let's face it, it's it's getting a little, he's getting a little long in the tooth for not having the Twitch, if you know what I mean. Well, he's been, he's been patiently waiting. Yes. Um, but I, I liked that passage too, because it also, it's, you know, he's, he's almost, he's acknowledging that physical desire. Yeah. And but it's you know wrapped, it's wrapped around that sacred the sacred. I feel like the physical desire is wrapped within that sacred holy space of their communion with God and with each other. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, just feel like it's so it's so beautiful and elevated and all all the the wonderful things yeah, that exactly. that kind of sacred commitment to each other. And just means. because you're in church doesn't mean you can't have these desires with your with your spouse. Right. And God had made her beautiful. God had yeah. made them beautiful, their relationship beautiful. I mean, I think that's that's part of, of the human experience. So, yeah, I just thought I, I really liked the way he wove that in. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I, I just thought that was um, quite beautiful. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and to be on a personal level, I know. There, there were times, you know, my husband and I would be in church together, and, and yeah, there was a closeness there, and there, you know, you just, you, you, there, yes. there was that feeling there. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. As Anna says, it's not just sex anymore. That's correct. It isn't. It, it's there's a whole different, reality a whole different dimension to it. Yeah, it's much deeper. So. Uh, Gabriel could tell that she was tired and favoring her right foot. And when he looked down to start considering what he should, what could be wrong, so he could say something to her, he noticed that she wasn't up. Well, she was wearing flats. <laughs> okay, so, a gasp. Yeah. I know. I, we've got a full. You can almost hear the horror music <laughs> of these beautiful designer shoes and what have you. And uh, he's she's wearing flats. <laughs> and he, um, he was very disappointed at the lack of the podiat- uh, 
podiatric opportunity. <laughs> I love, I love that phrase. I love, love, love whenever he uses that phrase. It just cracks me up. <laughs> I know, because I'm a big fan. I am a big fan of taking advantage of podiatric opportunities. I still try to rock the heels when I can. So I, it just, it just speaks to my inner shoe, um, shoe uh, affliction. <laughs> I know, you know, and you know, it's always said that when an when an alcoholic or an addict um, becomes sober, <laughs> there's always an an addiction to something else. And I think Gabriel's his shoes. So, <laughs> and Betty says it took him a long time to notice her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, but he, you know, he uh-huh. has a lot of things on his mind. That's true. You know, he does. So making sure Claire is taken care of, checking out Julia, making sure they're, you know, reflecting on his whole existence. He's been deep in thought. In this yeah. Chapter. And, and, and <laughs> you know, it's uh, just, you know, I just find it funny that now he's noticing the shoes. So we asked, yeah, we asked yeah. SR, why is Gabriel such a fan of high heels? And uh, SR said, Gabriel approaches high heels as objects of art. They're sophisticated and sexy, and he likes how Julianne uh, looks in them. <laughs> so and, uh, that, that's always uh, an interesting concept there. Um, yeah. Well, they do often uh, define your leg I guess. shape, I, I've never the muscles. Been able to wear them. Yeah. I have never been able to wear them. I wore, I, well, they're really, they're really terrible for you. <laughs> oh, they're awful for your feet. I Anna was, says I, I'm a shoe. <laughs> Anna says I'm a shoe freak like the professor, but I also appreciate Uggs. Uh, <laughs> so do I, Anna. So do I. I had a good uh, friend. Sisters at, in the shoe dumb, I think. <laughs> I had a good friend at 28 had to have her feet operated on because of what high heels did to her feet. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. At 28. Not 58, 28. I mean, that's that's also, that is also not buying shoes that fit you properly, which a lot of women do. This is true. A lot of women do that. And I, and I have to say, Shell says his thoughts went from the top of her head to the lack of podiatric opportunity on her feet. <laughs> I love that, Shell. And Ashley, you're taunting us and teasing us, saying she's freaking out. Oh, my gosh. The best got the best gift to others. I won't share till um, shortly, but this community of SR is so amazing around the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ashley, you're teasing us. Tell us when you can. That's right. Very excited to hear. And, and Ellie, good morning, Ellie. And she's saying Crocs, Docs, and Birkenstocks. <laughs> I love it. Sketchers all the way. <laughs> I've got I've got about seven pairs of them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and some of them are very nice looking, actually. So, mm-hmm. not that I could wear them in an evening gown, but then again, maybe you could. Anyway, I know, <laughs> like I wear Betty's, so many evening gowns. Betty, well, I, I've seen, I've seen you. You clean up pretty nice at the uh, when we went to the premiere for Dirty Sexy Saint. Well, I, you I were, tried. you were fancy. Uh, I, I, well, I tried, but it looked great. You looked great. Betty says, when are high heel shoes ever comfortable anyway? Never. Betty, I had a pair of high heel shoes that were so comfortable, I could run down the street in them. No lie. And they never hurt my feet. It is possible. They do exist. Absolutely. Not all of them. Not all of them. But, but they do. No way. Anyway. 
So, mm-hmm. run away from me. Uh, I so know. They, we digress. <laughs> so there are uh, there are many uh, mysteries in our life and in our faith, and, and marriage and family were always a mystery to Gabriel. Uh, there were links that were probably the strongest that people could have, families. Some of them are good. Some of them, they have difficulties, but they get over it. Um, Gabriel had difficulty just describing the words of joy and love and delight that he felt for uh, Julianne and Claire. And But metaphors like light and, and riches and laughter were what he found within them, within Julia and Claire. And Julianne found his hand, squeezed it, and they recited the Lord's Prayer with the conversa- congregation giving thanks for their family, for Catherine, and especially for Claire. There were a lot of things that went through his mind as emotions swept through him, as well as staying close to his wife and child. Now, is the Beautiful. Party. Yes. Now, on to the party. Let's get more clemated juice and, and have more uh, <laughs> That's right. I'll refill your glasses. We're mm-hmm. going to go to the luncheon now. Yes, yes. And we will also have mimosas and... Uh, <laughs> screwdrivers and Bloody Marys as well as Caesars. Mm, Bloody Marys. I have a special love of the Bloody Mary. They're delicious. But I feel like in uh, baptismal day, I think I think champagne is in order, celebrating this beautiful life mm-hmm. and soul. Um, and uh, Ellie made a poignant comment here. You know, she she just joined on. And because God love her, it's seven o'clock just in um, California when so she woke up early. And um, Ellie noted it's happy anniversary of lockdown for me. So a year in in COVID uh, in COVID land. And as Jean Ann notes, happy anniversary, happy day 386 straight for her. Um, Shall we celebrate? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Jean Ann. Raising the glass of champagne, vodka, tequila, and everything else that we could throw down our throats um, with all the work and sacrifice um, that you've done. Um, And everybody else here has survived and done a lot of different things during this past year. Um, One thing I I think we can all agree on um, is how important this community has been to each of us in every different way. we really, really have um, been so fortunate to have this this community to to band together with, and to have these beautiful books turn into films, and have the anticipation and then the elation of having uh, the chance to watch them. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's been really an extraordinary year, and I think as In this chapter has been very, the chapter has been very reflective, right, of the past, and I, I feel like that comment kind of has triggered some past reflection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as was that Betty who made that comment? Yes, I knew it was you, Betty a year later and we're still alive. Cheers. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that is very true. And, and I'm hoping and praying everybody gets to get their vaccines and for Jean I hope things can start at some point can start mellowing out for you because I know it's been a tough yes. year. Yes. And, uh, but I'm grateful to the community, so. 
Yeah, and I think grateful to have have books and have music and art and mm-hmm. things that can help us be distracted. Ellie just noted she finished all of 50 again. Good for you. Um, which I think is great because the new book is coming. The new book is coming. That's true. That is true. So. And uh, the, the and E.L. James's Freed will be coming out in June. That's right. So. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Jean Ann will need a lot of vacation time. Yes, that she, is will. True. That is she will. Um, she's saying we'll have some bumps coming with Germany and Italy issues, so hopefully a few more months and then sleep. So, yes, hopefully. Um, and that's already pre ordered Freed. Ellie's prepping for Freed. Yes, Ellie, I actually thought this morning that I think I might do my reread uh, leading up. You know, I think I might try and plan it and time it so uh, I can dig into Freed um, as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, this pandemic made me appreciate audiobooks a lot more. And you know that what? he said. And another thing yes. that's gotten me through this is podcast, not just our own. But I've been listening. Oh, to definitely. A, a few of them. I mean, I love Willie Geist's interviews with all these different people. That he does, and, mm-hmm. and some of them are really good, some of them are insightful, and some of them are very, very funny. Um, mm-hmm. I've been currently listening to Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama's podcast on Spotify. <laughs> the oddest couple <laughs> in the it. world, and it's so good, it really is. Um, so, you know, it's, there's a lot of stuff going through, getting us through, so thankfully. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have a special uh, podcast coming up next week. Speaking of podcasts, Mm -hmm. next week we are celebrating not the baptism of baby Claire, but we are, we are skipping into another world of SR. That's correct. Uh, We are, we are heading overseas to celebrate our dear Acacia. Acacia's birthday is this week. So we are having a birthday celebration for our man in the black suit heroine, mm-hmm. um, her birthday is St. Yes. Patrick's Day. Yes, it is. Um, and we will be celebrating her birthday on All Things SR next week. So, until then, let's we will all get together and have a good time with that. And maybe Nicholas will and Acacia will graciously allow us to help celebrate. <laughs> you never know about that. So this morning, I'm I gonna, think it'll be fun. Yeah, it will be. I'm going to leave. Oh, us and Lori's little... birthday's the day after. Mm, very nice. Okay, happy birthday week, Lori. Happy birthday week. I'm going to leave this with very the nice. Almond Brothers this morning uh, with Jessica. Oh. One of my favorite Lovely. Almond Brothers tunes. So anyway, have a good day, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy. Take care. Be safe. <laughs>